There's been a lot going on this conference season in the vacation rental world. A lot of get-togethers, a lot of people getting together after so many, many months of not having that networking opportunity. Except I haven't been able to go to anything. And I've been experiencing some FOMO, some fear of missing out. So in order to catch up, I wanted to talk to somebody who has been to just about every conference there has been and who's spoken and presented at most of them. And that is the one and only Matt Landau. So I'm happy to welcome Matt onto the podcast today to talk about the the key parts of some of his presentations, what he was sharing with the audiences, and also just to talk about his big takeaways from the conferences that he has been to so far this year. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, super excited to be back with you once again. So I've been missing out this fall as I've been watching on Facebook and Twitter as people at different conferences have been enjoying getting a little bit back to normal, going to the conferences, doing the networking, going to all the amazing sessions that uh, I understand have been held at so many different events. Yeah, I've been, I've missed out. Now I am going to the Vacation Rental Women's Summit in New Orleans in uh, December in a couple of weeks. Tickets are still on sale and there is the most amazing lineup for the Women's Summit. I mean, you have to go to the Summit website and take a look at who is speaking. And I think Amy Highnote has put together around, there's around 71, not 71 sessions, but 71 women are speaking at this conference. You would not get this caliber of presenters at any other conference on the circuit. So if you are sitting on the fence about going to New Orleans Come on now, it's New Orleans, it's December. There is, I hate to say the best bit could be the party at the Redfish. I think it's called the Redfish Bar. I probably got that wrong. The party on the first night of the conference and the food, uh, last time we went, the food there was absolutely amazing and it was just great fun. In fact, the whole couple of days is going to be a blast. So that's one I am going to. There have been you know, plenty of online webinars and summits over the course of the 18 months of the pandemic. I'm sure we've, you know, we're all zoomed out. So today I have with me Matt Landau, who's going to tell me, he's going to fill me in on everything I missed from all the different conferences he has been to. And I think he's been to just about everyone that's gone on over the past six months. So he's going to share his takeaways and also some of the key points from the presentations that he did at each of these conferences. So I'm really looking forward to finding out what Matt has to say. So without further ado, let's do it. Well, as ever, I am super delighted to have the one and only Matt Landau back with me for another session, this time to tell me about all the places he's been and the things he's talked about and the people he's met over the past six to eight months as he has been around the conference circuit. So thank you so much for joining me, Matt. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here again. Again. It's always such a pleasure to have you on going to try and work it so when we get to the millionth download which is coming up quite fast and and you'll never know when the millionth download comes because it will just be in a statistic but I thought right. oh, it'd be quite good to have you on for that Aww, we say, oh we're that. passing one million downloads I wonder if I can talk to Libsyn and and see if <laughs> see if they will uh, will tell me when I've hit that million <laughs> that's a milestone I don't think anyone has ever crossed that in our industry for sure I I, I, don't, I don't know I'm yeah I don't know if get paid for your pad there's probably you know pretty much in there as well yeah I don't consider that to be in our industry true <laughs> okay 
We are going to talk about conferences. So how many did you actually get to? I think I got to seven or eight, if you were to include the VRMA Connect. Yeah, so in, uh, in Florida, that was when they first announced nationwide that you there was no mask mandate. I remember that was the date that that happened. But yeah, it was been a wonderful conference circuit. And I fear, feel very fortunate that I was able to attend them all because unlike you, I didn't have any travel restrictions. Yeah. I mean, our, our restrictions, I mean, we can easily get into the US, but coming back into Canada is, is costly for one, because we still require full PCR testing to come back into Canada. Uh, and also the, you know, they've made travel uh, just challenging trying not yeah. to have people leave. So, but it's not, it's not stopping me getting to Alabama for the winter, <laughs> but anyway, so well, that, that was the other thing is that, you know, you have to find your own comfort level with risk because you are in these big rooms and, and everybody is indoors. And I think that was different for everybody, just finding the level of risk that they were comfortable with. And some people held off yeah. this season, even if they were able to travel uh, and other people's dove head in. And I think I was probably somewhere in between. Yeah, I, I certainly felt that, you know, I saw pictures and there were some people still with masks on and some who weren't. And it was always going to be a little sort of, I suppose, a tad awkward <laughs> going yeah. through these first conferences. But do yeah. you have, did you find same people going to the same events usually or very much the same people that they were getting more relaxed about it as it went on? Certainly. Certainly. And um, there was also surprisingly, and we can touch on this uh, towards the end of our discussion about some new things that I observed. There was a lot of new people mm -hmm. who hadn't ever been to any events. Wow. So I can't speak for their uh, risk tolerance levels, but for most of the folks that you and I uh, have, have met over the years, yeah, they were just ultimately depending on where it was going to be located, what the guidelines were of the event itself, uh, and they all made their decisions. And each of those decisions are fair. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm 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 glad you got to go, and I know that you uh, you delivered a number of presentations. And contrary to what many people do, certainly people on 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 general speaking circuits, where they have a keynote presentation. And that is it. And everywhere they go, they deliver that same presentation. But you don't do that. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get paid to do these. So I feel like if I'm going to be paid, I need to give the person who's paying the organization the best product that I possibly can. And so I basically craft a different presentation for each occasion based on who will be in the audience. Mm -hmm and what the organization stands for. And it just so happens that most of the organizations that I speak with stand for very similar things to what I stand for. So I do put a lot of thought over the course of the year into some themes that I'm observing, and I attempt to create one original presentation for each event. And I've broken uh, the five that I created this year uh, down, if you'd like me to walk through them. Yeah, absolutely. So the first one actually was the last one that I, that I gave, that I delivered in Oregon at the Northwest Vacation Rental Professionals, who always put on a, an energizing mm -hmm. show. And someone asked me on my way to that conference, who is this group anyway? And I said, basically, it's a group of vacation rental professionals who were fed up that no other associations were solving their problems. And so they put together their own organization and they're doing it themselves. And that's all I had to say. And the person said, wow, this sounds like a fun group. And they are. They're just a bunch of problem solving doers. And I think, you know, a lot of them, right? Um, I went to the, uh, their, their conference in, must've been 2019. Cause I was going to go to two, in 2020, it was in BC in British Columbia. Yeah. Um, but that one, yeah. uh, Whistler, you know, why would they cancel the Whistler one? <laughs> um, so, but, but yes, yes, there was an energy to that conference and a, and a, and a whole different vibe. I loved, yeah. I loved it. So the presentation I gave there, and this is again, the last presentation of my circuit was called industry called home. And it was based on this realization that our industry is changing whether we like it or not. 
And I started off by sharing some of the original assumptions that at least I had about vacation rental management from when I was an operator uh, and moving into my time on the educational side and challenged those assumptions. And I think that's the first step to accepting change is challenging what you thought was the way. And those assumptions were things like the tools that were originally game changers for any given manager are now so widely accessible that pretty much anybody can access them. Similarly, information, and Heather, you know this better than anybody, that used to be proprietary best practices are now so widespread that it's no longer a differentiator necessarily. And the definition of what it means to be a professional which is a conversation that we've been having over the years, has changed a great deal. It's no longer just the big, let's just say, legacy manager that's carved out a role in their destination, but it's all these new groups that are coming in and thinking differently. And they're all fueled by the category awareness of our industry, which has just changed exponentially over the years. So first, we started out by kind of calling out those original assumptions of mine that had since changed. And we then pivoted into, okay, what does that mean for us today? And I tried to put my finger on something that I've been mulling over for a number of months now. And it's this shift that's happening that goes from being operationally efficient to being strategically different. And I'll break that down for you. So the operations used to be the big deal breaker. If you were great at operations in your destination, if you were efficient, you won, or at least you did great. That's now just a baseline because there's so many tools that are at our disposal. And I'm going to go into some of those tools uh, in the Home Runners presentation. Now everybody can be efficient if they want to. And so no longer is that the sole differentiator. Instead, it's starting to think about strategy. How is your strategy different from everybody else on the block? And this particular presentation argued that there was some important factors about a strong strategy. The first is that you're actively doing activities that are not replicable or scalable, something that let's just say Vacasa couldn't just come in and steal or buy. Second are creating upper boundaries, limits on your definition of success that you're not willing to go past just to endlessly pursue growth or wealth. Instead, these are limits, whether it's a property count or a a count of uh, team members, These are limits that you are not willing to go past. Boundaries, relationships, something, again, that can't be hacked, can't just be bought, something that you have to cultivate over time. And finally, and I think this describes people who listen to this podcast, a long-term vision, something beyond just today or this month or this financial quarter or this year. Having that long-term vision was, for me, uh, primordial in that strategy. And then the actual meat of the presentation kind of dived into some specific questions that I challenged the audience to ask themselves about pursuing the right strategy. And I won't go into all of those because that's really the the heart of the presentation. But the general shift, again, is away from operations, away from just being operationally efficient towards being strategically different and focusing our efforts on the latter as the big sort of linchpin in this new wave of vacation rental growth. Yeah, I, I can see as, you, as you're talking, I can see that that's what's happened in my company over 20 years. Um, mm. A lot of what you're saying, I'm thinking, oh, yes, well, yes, we've done that. We, we have made this, this shift, possibly not as well as we could have done. But yes, yeah, so relevant, so relevant within the, the framework of, of how this business is changing. One of the things we noticed, and I I mentioned this slide in almost all the presentations, is that the pandemic did one of three things to our colleagues who have been in the industry for more than, uh, let's say, a couple months or years. One, they lost all the momentum of the business. The individual had just been doing it for too long, or the, the requirements were more than they originally signed up for, or they were just sick of it and lost their passion. And that, by the way, was me when I sold my vacation rental business. But the pandemic really sealed that 
fate. And some of them exited, some of them decided to close their businesses. The second thing, and a lot of our colleagues are still in the middle of this second thing, it upended them, mm-hmm. at least temporarily. There's some of our, our colleagues in Australia, for instance, are still trying to fight for this thing that they have built. And then the third thing was, it's not just that they survived the pandemic, but they actually got stronger. Yeah. It wasn't just like they got back to where they were. They actually, because of these first two things, thrived. And it's that group that I focused most of my research for this year's presentations on, mm-hmm. um, just examining what they were doing. And most of them were not just growing at a linear pace, they were growing exponentially. Yeah, that's that sounds a great, just a whole great topic. And I, I now I've, now my FOMO is even worse. <laughs> <laughs> this, well, this isn't, this isn't working, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully um, there's a whole new conference season coming up. And my guess is that you're going to Amy's conference there in New Orleans. Absolutely. Yes. There you go. Yeah. I will be there. I, in fact, it's really interesting that um, a- Amy posted yesterday to say that she's counted up the women who will be speaking at her conference and she's got to 72 presenters now. That's amazing. You know, some will be on panels, of course, but each of them speaking. And, and I think it's going to be quite something else. One of the things that Amy does best, and this is a perfect segue for uh, the next presentation that I actually gave at her event, I think is cultivating voices of people mm-hmm. who otherwise are busy managing their companies. They're not worried about getting on stage and explaining what makes them so brilliant. <laughs> and that's a, that's a transition. I mean, that takes practice. I think that 72 number is a good example of Amy being someone who's always finding those individuals who know the stuff mm-hmm. and encouraging them to share it. And there you have it, a perfect outcome. Yeah. And, the, and one of the themes of the Vacation Rental Women's Summit is no judgment. So it, it, you know, for, for those who are wanting to, to try this out and see if this is something for them, it's a great platform to get up I on stage. And I'd like for that to be a theme for, for life. <laughs> yes, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> so should I jump into the yes. presentation I gave in Charleston? Yes, please. Amy hosts these subject matter conferences. And this particular one was data and revenue management which I think are brilliant. I think it's a future that we can all get excited about is conferences that are revolve around a particular topic, or in this case, two very similar topics. Uh, And I had never been to a data and revenue management conference before. Most of that stuff is above my head, to be very honest with you. In fact, when I was running my business, we didn't have any of those tools. But my big takeaway from that conference was that if you're not at least considering and demoing some of these tools, you're missing out because the people who were using them were making significantly more money doing exactly the same thing that they've always loved. So that was my big takeaway there. But my presentation, which was in the middle of some kind of like category four storm, it was the only room in the entire hotel that had electricity. I felt very honored. And then someone walked up to me at the beginning and she said, in a couple minutes, the entire electricity for the block is going to go out. <laughs> so speak quickly. <laughs> so I did. And thankfully, somehow I finished the presentation. Uh, that was my limited edition 2.0 presentation. You know, I'm obsessed with the theory of limited edition. And I've decided that instead of trying to go out and come up with new ideas, sometimes it's better to reflect back and update old ideas. I call it creative destruction. Throw the idea on the floor, see which of the pieces stand out, still hold strong, and assemble the next version. So this was limited edition 2.0. And it began with this question, which I'm sure, Heather, you get a lot, which is, can you refer to me a a vacation rental in X destination? You work in the industry, you must know somebody. And Mm -hmm. most often, you probably know someone. I think people come to us with this question because they know they trust us as the vacation rental ambassadors. We have shown them what a professional experience looks like, but then they just assume that we have the network of all the other managers around the world. Is this resonating with you? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. I get this question a lot. So I always answer the question and then I started thinking, what do the places that I'm recommending actually have in common? Hmm. And I broke it down into four pieces. 
The first is that they're family businesses. They're either owned and or operated by small families. In some cases, a couple, Mm -hmm. still a family. Two, they are locally based businesses in any given destination, i.e. they're not headquartered elsewhere. Three, they're specialized in any given type of property type or location. And four, they provide a pleasant surprise upon arrival. You get the service that you were actually not even expecting, some quirks, some lovely personality twists. And those four letters when smushed together. In fact, Heather, I think for the first time ever, I revealed this on your podcast. <laughs> it's an acronym. It spells F L. Yes. I remember the floss. <laughs> yeah. And actually the O next to L is still there because local. So it is a legit acronym. And I love that acronym of floss because we must do these things regularly. So often we say it one time on our website or one time in one email, Mm -hmm. and we just assume that they read read it, but they certainly didn't. So my big lesson here was, well, let's walk through your elements of family owned or operated business that's locally based in any given destination that specializes in a particular type of property and that will provide a pleasant surprise as a service. Let's go through all those things and let's repeat those things every chance we get with our guests. And at the end of the presentation, I turned the microphone to the audience and I asked them, how does this coincide with data and revenue management? Because mind you, I didn't know the answer to that. And people chimed in with some fantastic advice about how it bolsters their unique selling proposition, how it allows them to command higher rates, how by limiting the supply of nights and or properties, you are maintaining more control on your pricing. Very, very fascinating. And I left with a new slide, basically, for the limited edition mm-hmm. presentation. Yeah, that, that was the one I, I really wanted to be at. We haven't done the data and revenue management as we should have done in my business over the past 18 or, or so years. And uh that, that is one of our goals for next year. So that's one I really would have liked to have been at. I was putting, I was thinking to myself, if I was still running my vacation rental company and I now know about all these tools, what would I do? Because I don't think I would actually use them myself. And I was telling all of the dynamic pricing and revenue management people that, and they said, so you have to hire someone to do it exclusively that. And that's another big takeaway is that if you don't want to be the numbers person, fine, but recognize how powerful these tools are. Recognize that all your competitors are likely using them. Recognize you're going to continue doing the exact same Mm -hmm. job. You're just going to make more money for it and hire somebody to dedicate themselves. Yes. Yes. And I hear that from more and more people. You're going to hire someone. You can do it yourself. Oh, hire someone. That's for for absolute certain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, numbers are not my thing. Me neither. But thankfully, these tools are getting better and better. Yeah. And you can customize them, personalize them however you wish. So they're not compromising your integrity or your standards or your promise. Yeah, that's that's a great segue, in fact, in, into mentioning that we'll be doing a, a series with Beyond over the next two months or so. Um, short vid- video series, which covers every aspect of revenue management. So watch out for that. Listen out for that. Well, watch out for it because it's going to be a, it's, it's a video series that we'll be doing. So yeah, that tied in really nicely. <laughs> well, you've actually segued perfectly into my next presentation. Okay. Which it's is all about, it's all about tech enabled hospitality. Uh-huh. It's called home runners. And this is also the name of a new docu-series that I'm producing, but I gave this presentation on the heels of spending almost two months with a guy named Steve Mila, <laughs> who you know very well, Heather. Yeah, that, that, must, that must have been a fascinating time. Exactly as fascinating as you would think. But my, one of my biggest takeaways from all that time with him is that he uses this phrase tech-enabled hospitality quite often. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard it before. And once I heard it and he explained to me what it was, I started hearing it everywhere. In fact, Jeremy Gall from Breezeway explained to me that it's actually kind of like a trigger word that companies will use to demonstrate 
that they are scalable because just hospitality is not a scalable thing. So tech-enabled hospitality suddenly increases the multiple, the value of your company when you're looking to take on investment or sell. And I'm said, okay, that's cool if you've got a big company that you're looking to take on investment or sell. But what about the vacation rental managers? What does tech-enabled hospitality mean for them? If they theoretically want the same leverage in their respective markets. Mm -hmm. So this presentation, Home Runners, broke down that concept of tech-enabled hospitality. So we started with tech and we revert back to this method that I invented with Terry White, co-founder of the Keystone Awards, which is called the Agile Approach. And it's a style for building your technology stack. There's so many tools out there that it's very easy to get overwhelmed very quickly. So you adopt the agile approach, which entails a core property management software, and then bolting on these third-party ancillary tools that fulfill specific specialty needs, such as beyond pricing, that your property management software is not able to uh, meet in terms of expectations, and you're able to plug them in in and out depending on how happy you are with those tools. So that agile approach is fairly straightforward. It's about embracing all of those tools imaginable. But the second part, the hospitality, is where you get to choose where you fall. So in the case of Steve Milo and VTrips, I think the hospitality is providing a consistent set of standards about every property. No matter where you stay, it's going to be clean, it's going to be safe, it's going to have Wi-Fi, and it's going to have sheets on the bed. Mm -hmm. That's hospitality in its rawest form on this spectrum. For most of the people that you and I work with, the limited edition end of the spectrum is more our idea of hospitality. It's being the family, the locally based business, the specialty business, the surprising business. So once you're able to kind of define where you are on that spectrum, this home runner's concept of tech enabled hospitality can allow you to grow beyond what you would have ever imagined. And in this presentation, we walk through a number of examples of exactly how to wield technology so that you can step in and inject the hospitality touch that you think makes you unique. And not doing the heavy lifting, not wasting your time with the stuff you don't like that tech can now achieve, and instead focusing your effort on what Jeremy calls the things you'll get credit for. Mm -hmm. And that I think applies to almost every one of our colleagues. So I think a lot of people are getting into tech overload because there is so much. I mean, we've said this over the years, you know, gosh, there's so much coming on board and there still is. How, how did you approach that? You know, when there is so much out there, um, particularly for, for small managers, you know, how do they find their way amongst all the different options and opportunities and get it right first time. A lot of that goes back. That's, that's probably the most common conundrum I, I've observed. And it goes back to two things. One is defining what kind of business you want to build. And if you can do that with your upper boundaries, as we talked about earlier, maybe you only ever want to manage three properties or 40 or 100 in order to maintain the style of standards and hospitality that you've, you believe is best. Maybe it's a certain employee count. Whatever those upper boundaries are, are very important because there's so many opportunities being thrown our way these days. You just want to take everyone on. So really clearly defining what it is, what kind of business you want. And the more specifically and clearly you can define that, this is not new. We've talked about this for years, but it's more important now than ever before, because there are these influences trying to pull you this way and that. Part of that is also the lifestyle element. Maybe you don't want more than three properties because you want to enjoy your private time. Whatever it is, the more specifically you can draw it out, the better. The second piece of how we achieve, how we unlock this is asking our colleagues, because there's no feasible way that you can demo all the tools out there at all. (laughs) not to mention choose the right one for any given job. And so keep going back to this network or collective wisdom effect and pose to a group like yours on Facebook and say, I'm looking 
to achieve this within my business that's been very clearly defined, what tool do you like for this job? That at least narrows it down to a couple that have been self-endorsed or self-filtered by a community of people who are actively using it, not just a sales pitch or some company with a bunch of venture capital. That is the quickest way, I think, to begin using the tool that's right for that given job. And the more keen you are on technology, the more adventuresome you can get. But if it was going back to managing my business today, that's the first two steps I would take. Yeah, brilliant. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I could spend two months with Steve Milo. <laughs> I would come I don't away think with, I could again either. I would come no, away with data overload, I think. <laughs> He, he is he is a master of scale yeah uh, and obsessed with details mm-hmm. and I think the, that second thing is something that some of the other bigger companies in our space haven't quite figured out yeah and you know I always remember interviewing Steve way way back at the beginning of this podcast and and he was talking I remember that yeah he was talking about you know getting started and and just having his 25 properties and he was running it all by himself but he started out with tech being the foundation and he started out with one property yeah and this is another big trend I'll mention at the end is that redefining what it means to be professional means looking inwards at where we started mm-hmm. and every successful VRMA partner member started with a few, in most cases, one. And I think recognizing that there are others in that position today that would like guidance to do this well, to do it professionally, to have mentors, to have guidance, I think that is a very powerful way of looking at the future of our industry. I I talked to, I had Jane McCaw on the show a couple of weeks ago, and she runs um, a company uh, here in Ontario called Jane's Cottages. And she has gone from her single property, her own property in 2015 to over 300 now. Wow. And she has the biggest property management company in Ontario, way beyond ours, way beyond the rest of the competition. Um, Unbelievable. But she started with just one and she started with, and and she does, she's floss personified. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, you got a Halloween costume. Yeah, she's. She, I mean, she delivers everything in that um, in in that in that model. So, so yeah. These okay. new managers, if we just call them a wave of a generation of new managers who, who know what they're looking to achieve, who are comfortable with the technology, they're fluent enough to plug in the tools that can do the job. They are a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And we can see them all up and coming now. It is it is fascinating. So on to yeah. on to the fourth. Yes, the fourth presentation was called Hydrofoil. <laughs> Hydrofoil. And it was all about finding true innovation in your business. I think the word innovation, I hate it because it gets thrown around too much. But it's what most of the people who have been doing this for the last few years did by accident or instinct. It's doing something better or new that was not done before in your market. And Hydrofoil begins with this very dramatic video of a surfer named Kai Lenny showing off this innovation, which is a hydrofoil. It's a surfboard and hanging from the surfboard is a fin like appendage. And just beneath the water is basically a much smaller fin. And that much smaller fin, when it moves through the water at any pace, pushes water down because it's Mm -hmm. pointed slightly upwards. And when it pushes water down, it pushes the board and the person who's sitting on top up. And what it looks like to the onlooker, such as myself, is magic. (laughs) He's riding these currents out in the open ocean and he's reading the waves and there's no crashing and or competing with other surfers. He's out in the open blue ocean. And I saw this video. I was like, wow. I need to somehow make a presentation around this. And it became the uh, stamp for the hydrofoil concept. And the hydrofoil concept is basically you've got to find your foil. Mm-hmm. What this innovation did for Kai Lenny and surfing, we've got to create our own version of it, whatever it happens to be. And we start off with the pieces that are necessary. The first is you need experience. You can't just come into this cold and innovate 
necessarily, or at least intentionally, in the same way that Kai Lenny, without any surfing experience, wouldn't have been able to get up on that board. The second is you need to be able to read the conditions of the market in any given destination, what's happening, where are things going based on your experience that we just mentioned, mm-hmm. what's growing. And third, and this is the meat of the presentation, is finding that actual innovation. And we talk through a number of examples that anybody could apply if they are interested, um, from different technological innovations to property type innovations to innovative business models like purpose built and franchises and acquiring other properties or businesses. Uh, And finally, and this is something that I think is relevant to your earlier question about getting overloaded, radical simplification. And this was something I noticed up on stage. Every time I said it this conference season, people sort of sat up. And to me, radical simplification is stripping off. (laughs) First, you got to say it. (laughs) It's stripping off all of the pieces of the business that have just accumulated with time based Mm. on your, you know, whim and opportunity because there's so much of it. Stripping them all off and really going back to your core singular thing that you do really well. An amazing example that I think of in that presentation is Kirsten King. And she basically, her key phrase for running her business was stay in my lane. I'm going to avoid all these distractions, these other opportunities and focus on doing one thing, luxury mountain home, ski and ski out exceptionally well. And that worked for her. So I think that radical, radical simplification can be an innovation because now everybody's trying to do everything. Suddenly you're innovative if you're only doing one. Yeah, it goes, goes back to Jane, Jane, Jane McCaw. That's exactly what she does. One thing, which is luxury cottages with concierge services. And she does that extremely well. So, mm. yeah, amazing. I love that. I love that. I love that whole concept, that hydrofoil con- concept. Um, yep, I did too. Yeah. Okay. This brings us to the fifth and uh, final presentation that I gave this year. And it was my uh, biggest one in, uh, in my history. It was at VRMA San Antonio in what felt like an airplane hangar <laughs> of a building <laughs> with so many people I couldn't even see them. And Heather, I missed you there because I always like to look out and see you. <laughs> was this a key? Uh, this was a keynote, Mike. Uh, Mike, yeah, I, Matt. <laughs> I closed. I closed the conference. Wow, um, fantastic! With, with inflection point, and this is another one of those concepts <clears throat> that I had been working on for about a year since the pandemic, certainly. And it's in recognizing where the industry has come from that we are probably at the very beginning stages of something massive recognizing that in order to get there, we got to think creatively about these problems that we're facing. We can't think inside the box. And I opened this presentation for the first time in quite a while, actually, by recounting some of my years working with gang members in Panama. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't spoken about this for a while, but I felt it was a good bit of context and inspiration uh, for those who are listening. My vacation rental business suffered from street gang violence. And together with another businessman in town, I co-founded a gang intervention program and we demobilized all five street gangs, offering all of their members a chance to reintegrate and work in the community that they once harmed. And that's a very extreme kind of creative problem solving. I will fully admit that. But I realized that those kinds of harebrained ideas and outside the box solutions are what's necessary to solve these very deep entrenched challenges that people are dealing with, like labor shortages or um, increased and in some case prohibitively unrealistic expectations from guests. None of these things are getting easier anytime soon. Regulation is another example. And so we must start thinking completely innovatively and finding unique solutions that we're we're not trained to do, but that solve these problems and allow us to continue doing uh, what it was we love in the first place. Inflection point. 
another one. I uh, now sometimes VRMA actually video their keynotes, so I have to go and see if we can actually get hold of that. I also record a private version of each of these for members of the RMB community to watch on their own clock. So I'll give myself a little plug there. Well, you always get that plug anyway, but we'll reiterate that. So if you are a member of, of Matt's community, if you're not, you can go over to the show notes and you can get all the information on how to become a member and see all these keynote, all, all these presentations. Because I, I, I did that because I realized it's unfair and it's certainly inefficient that only the people sitting in any given room benefit from information. Mm -hmm. So now anybody who's a member gets access to those recordings and something I'm extremely proud of, Heather. Uh, For the last few years, I've been working to refine the workflow with my video team to capture the information that takes place in our roundtable discussions. For those who haven't attended one, it's like a panel meets fight club. (laughs) I've been there. I have been there and and been put on the spot. Rapid fire, collective wisdom exercise to solve these challenges that individuals have. And we now start recording those and the watching experience is actually very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And I'm very proud of that because it's another example in which the amount of insight in one room really needs to be shared across different destinations. So that's also a little benefit of, of our community there. Okay, so that was your five presentations. Um, we've we've just got five minutes left. So what what else we did you take away from this all these events? What was the general feeling amongst the groups like? And I know you you've just touched on a couple of things that you said in your VRMA keynote, which was the um, you know dealing with labour shortage, which is you know pretty much universal right at this moment, and also the changing nature of guests and their expectations and their tolerance levels, which, you know, I've, I've certainly experienced firsthand uh, this year. So what are, what are people saying, how they're managing these things? The biggest conclusion across all conferences for me was a, this has gotten extraordinarily hard. B we do this because we love it. We consider it a calling and C for those first two reasons, we're going to push through and ride this wave and we're going to try to do things as creatively as possible so that we can enjoy this industry that we love. That was the sequence that I observed across the board, recognizing that it's hard, establishing the fact how powerful and purposeful it is to our lives and agreeing, whether just internally or with our colleagues, that we are going to do this with each other's help. And if people listening to this have not been to a conference, it's one of those things that's hard to understand how great they are from morale to ideas and takeaways if you haven't been to one before. So take this opportunity, sign up for any conference that will put you in the vicinity of other like-minded thinkers. It's just such a powerful unlock. And most of the learnings actually don't come from the stage. They Most of them mm-hmm. come from the hallways yeah, exactly. And and if you if you if you are thinking if you're now inspired to go to a conference, and I hope you are inspired that uh, in 2022 you'll at least go to one conference. You can go to VRM Intel, and that is Amy Highnote's website, and she lists all the conferences there. And while you're at it, subscribe to the magazine. It is the best magazine in our industry, and yeah, not much more I can say about that. Go go to VRM Intel, Matt. Well, I'll also say that I've I've noticed that as our industry grows and the importance of some of these difficult challenges becomes accentuated, it really ultimately is falling onto the shoulders of the Amy Hynuts of our industry who do the conferences on the regular as well as they could possibly be done, not an industry-wide association necessarily not a global vacation rental advocates group, the individuals who have created business models to do this one thing exceptionally well. And that goes for the podcasters, that goes for the conferences, that goes for the advocacy fundraisers and Avengers that are standing up for fair regulation in their communities. Uh, And it ultimately goes to the managers in any given destination who is 
we are the leaders. Like we are the only ones who are going to solve these problems. No one is coming to fix these problems for us. So we must get creative. And most importantly, we must do it together. It just take, takes me back sort of 20 years when I entered into this business and started a small property management company. And I looked around for some advice and nobody would give me the time of day because I was competition and they did not communicate with their competition. You know, a number of different agencies all doing their own thing. And you had to really just, just go for it and hope for the best. And, and I made a ton of mistakes and probably four or five years of work could have been, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I wasted four or five years, but I could have been far further ahead after four or five years if I had the sort of community of people that there is out there now that's freely giving and just being so generous with their time and their knowledge. The number one thing people, newcomers say about these events and just the industry in general is how open and generous your fellow vacation rental pros are with their information. And I think that's a big shift that has really changed because I think people are starting to realize that if we don't help newcomers and one another, we don't have strength in numbers and the fragmentation of our industry gets the best of us. So reach out, ask somebody a question. That's the first step. Listen. That was one of my favorite quotes that I used this season from Carl Shepard. He said, you have to listen. Because in listening, Brian and I discovered a hidden industry about to explode. Yeah. And I think that's where, we, where we're at today. Yeah. That is a perfect spot to finish, Matt. And, you know, I thank you so much for sharing all of this. And, and I just reiterate that if your interest has been piqued about all these uh, presentations that Matt gave and all that information... And, and mine certainly is, and I'm going to go over and, uh, and take a look at the, uh, at the full presentations. And I thank you for, you know, for, for bringing that to the VRMB members. So people, if you're not a member of VRMB, that's where you should be going now to, uh, to sign up. And if VRMB is more than just a, a, a collection of videos of Matt standing on a stage, so <laughs> over to you, what the rest of it is. <laughs> Well, there's actually no videos of me standing on stage because the conferences get to keep that footage. I create special versions of each presentation designed for the virtual experience. Mm -hmm. uh, but in addition to the workshops and the roundtables that I mentioned and the various courses we've compiled over the years and the templates and the contracts uh, that are swipe files, it's a live problem-solving forum where I'm inside every single day curating information so that if you have a question, chances are the thread that addresses it has been fleshed out. And if we don't have the answer just yet, we ask it and we attempt to solve it so that all of the information remains organized in one place over time. Perfect. Thank you very much. And I know you, you are one of the people in this industry that I know so well that has more hours in the day than anybody else has. Uh, you, there's, there's you, there's Tyan Marsink, and oh, and Amy, Amy Highnote, you all have somehow magically created more hours in a day than the rest of us has have because I know that you know amongst all the other things that you do, you are in that that forum all the time, offering your words of wisdom just as you have today. So kudos to you. I don't know where you get it from, but right, the feeling the feeling is mutual. <laughs> Miss one millionth download. Well, it's not there yet, but nearly, nearly, nearly. We're we're on the we're on the right end of of the nine hundred thousands now. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. The gold standard for sure. Hey, Matt. As ever, thank you so much for generously offering your time to come and share all this with us. And we will try and you know, work out this million download episode. Excellent. Talk soon. Well, what can I say? Always massive thank you to Matt Landau for delivering just amazing information. And I mean, always for me, it's motivation. He delivers such motivation. His word innovation, he said he doesn't like it, but he is always innovative in this business. I love the fact that he could go to 
seven conferences deliver a completely different keynote in every one. And I'm sure that for those who were at those conferences, you were blown away by them. So for those of you who are listening, who were not able to, to attend, I hope you got something uh, out of that. Well, I hope you got something out of that. I'm sure you got a lot out of that, uh, that discussion. Seriously, VRMB is vrmb.com. You can find the link on the show notes. Go over there and, uh, and check that out because there's a lot of resources on there that you will find super, super interesting. For me, I've got a lot in the pipeline at the moment. You know that I've been talking about um, my property manager course. That is, you know, it, it got a little bit slowed down because our business just was crazy busy in September and October. But now I'm down in Alabama working on this. For, for those of you who have contacted us and asked about the, the, the beta group, we will be getting in touch with you very, very soon if, if we haven't already. So just, just hang tight and, and we'll be sending you some more information because this is, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about this. There is so much that's changing in the business. And I think, um, you know, if I can bring to you some of the learning and knowledge that I've gained from so many people over the years, as lo- along with my own experience in the business, then I hope we can produce something that's pretty, uh, not necessarily life-changing, but something that is is going to be hugely beneficial to you and your business. So watch this space. Okay. Thank you once again for you know taking the time to have my voice in your ear. I'm I'm glad you're still doing it after all these years. And for all my new listeners, thank you very, very much for being with me, whether it's the first time or whether it's your 10th or 15th time or whatever. Keep doing it. Keep going back through the back catalogue and downloading and uh, it gets my numbers up. And if you're able to leave me a review on iTunes or wherever else you listen to your podcasts, please do. And uh, I'll look forward to reading them. So thanks again. And I'll be with you again next week, of course. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.